Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord today and to feel what I feel in my heart. And so I'm going to ask you, if you will, to join me in the book of Psalms. And we're going to do something a little bit unique here today. I want to go to Psalms 56 and 13, which is the last verse of this psalm. And then we're going to go all the way back to verse number one and kind of make our way through there. But I really want to take my text from the 13th verse. And um, so we'll, we'll begin reading there. The Bible says in Psalms 56 and 13, For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? that I may walk before God in the light of the living. This is a very sincere prayer and request of David. He said, deliver my soul from death. And will you deliver my feet from falling? And the reason I want you to be delivered, I want to walk in the light. Amen. That's what I'm, I want to walk in the light. So deliver me from falling. That's my subject today. These closing words, it's a desperate plea in the form of a question, I believe a question um, posed to God, a question posed to God himself. In, in essence, here is David that we know, the man after God's own heart, that is just saying, would you please keep my feet from falling so I can walk in the light of the living. I don't know about you today, but I believe I can join David and say that. Keep me from stumbling. Amen. Not that I can just walk on streets of gold. I want to walk in the light of the living. Amen. God bless you today and you can be seated. I want to preach my subject this morning is walk in the light so that we could better understand perhaps the context of this question. I think it's important for us to look back. And so if you'll just keep your Bibles open there and let's go back to verse number one of this chapter. And it's from here that we'll read and, uh, begin to see the circumstances that uh, initiated David posing this question. He said, I want to walk in this light, and I'm going to need your help. And so in verse number one, and we'll read down through verse number four, David said, be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He is fighting, he fighting daily opposeth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his, in God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So when we think about the snapshot of this scripture and if we could somehow you know, extract ourselves from our world, engage and insert ourselves into David's world, 
And we would see that David is saying that my enemy is trying to swallow me up. This is not having, happening occasionally. This is not a battle that I fight now and then. But he said he is fighting daily. He is after me daily. He said my enemy would daily swallow me up. And he that, there are many, he said, that fight against me. And so here is David who is on a daily basis being harassed by the enemy, the Philistines. They remembered that Israel had sang the praises of David, this great, mighty leader of Israel. And therefore, they pursued him, if I may say, almost like an animal. They chased him day and night. And so David is crying out in mercy. It's not just Psalms 56 that we see David asking God for mercy. In Psalms 51 and 1, it's here that we read those words that have echoed through the ages where David said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Don't have mercy on me according to what I deserve. Don't have mercy on me according to how I live this week. And don't have mercy on me according to all the decisions I made the last few days. But I'm asking you to have mercy on me according to your love and kindness. In Psalms 57 and 1, David said, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me. A dual request of the Lord, the same thing. Have mercy, O God, have mercy, O God. In the record of 1 Samuel, uh, these passages do not record necessarily physical attacks upon David but he heard a great deal of defamation and, and a lot of chatter and perhaps the rumor mill was filled and the phone lines were melting as we would say in this day because David knew that his life was in danger he realized that something's got to be done because if I mess up the enemy is going to have me David not unlike you and I he manifested at times in his life both faith and fear. This is a wonderful place to say amen. <laughs> because sometimes we have great faith and then other times we are battling the spirit of fear in our mind and in our heart. And so he manifested that faith and that fear as he cried out to the Lord in verses 3 and 4. And then he repeats these uh, same words again in verses 10 and 11. And uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But in verses 3 and 4, he said, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I'm thankful for a, a person that just wasn't afraid to say, When I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in thee. I mean, people that act like they always have the answer and they always know the path, they make me nervous. There's never a mountain too high, never a door that seems jammed, never a question mark in their lives. Always we have this, we have this, we have this. I appreciate your confidence, but you're making me uneasy with all this. And so I appreciate a man that would just boldly declare that in the times that I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to put my confidence in you. In verse 4, he said, In God will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust, and I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. It's here that David affirms that God alone gives him both the power to praise him and the power to trust him. I'm 
thankful that in the course of this service already, we have seen that very thing exercised and played out, the power to praise him. But I didn't just feel praise in this house. I felt an assurance of trust in his presence that we can depend on him. The words that Brother Newburn shared with us during a prayer session just earlier in the service reminds us we can put our confidence in him. We really can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. This past Wednesday night, I mentioned something that I want to repeat, if I may, this morning. I said that I, in my lifetime, like many of you, have heard thousands of messages. And uh, I don't remember the vast majority of those messages, nor do you. But I know that I've been in church all of my life. I was sitting down last night, and just for kicks and giggles, I was just trying to think about how many sermons I would have preached through the years, just on average. I wasn't trying to throw feathers in the nest to make it seem larger. I was trying to do the opposite. I wanted to try to figure out just how many messages on average that I may have preached over the course of the last 40 years. Of course, there's no way without better bookkeeping than I've done about that that I could ever come up with a, a, a real hard figure, but it would be in the thousands, of course. And that wouldn't count the messages that I've heard, the messages that I've been exposed to, the services that we have been a part of. And so I don't remember a vast majority of those sermons, but here's one thing I know. Not one of those messages, whether it was fast and loud and hot or whether it was soft and slow and mild, not one of them that I've ever heard has been heard in vain. Amen. Because Romans 10 and 17 says this, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's like vitamin to the soul. Hallelujah. Like vitamins to the soul. If you're a vitamin taker, you know this. You're not going to swallow a vitamin and have to hold on to the counter while it takes effect. Amen. You're going to take your vitamin in faith. You may not sense anything. Amen. You may not really even sense anything till you stop taking vitamins and then you realize how much good that was doing us. Amen. The seed of those messages didn't fall by the wayside, but little by little. Amen. I was having my faith increase. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. And so I'm just going to tell you something this morning, and this is not just a warning or a precursor to anything that may happen in the future, but through the longest and the dullest and the driest of Bible lessons, through the most quiet and, and, and maybe you even feel like discombobulated service, don't ever get up and walk out of this church or any other church or any other service and think, well, nothing happened here tonight. Oh, yes, something Something happened because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You may not have needed a wheelchair to get out of here. Nobody needed to take you by the hand to help you out because you were under the power and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so strong that you couldn't make your own way out. But never doubt that the power of the word of God is moving and doing something in our life. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. And so each message, each sermon in its own unique way there was some polishing and some building. I would, I would be as bold to say this, that there have been times that it was a portion of a message that ministered to me. It was just a part of a service. 
amen, that meant more to me perhaps than other or that I remembered more. But I want to be open to the word of God. And by being open to the word of God, that gives us greater hope in the God of the word. If I could just open myself to his word, amen, then that gives me a greater relationship with the God of the word. I'm thankful for preaching. I'm thankful for teaching. I'm thankful for all the ways that we have to receive the word of God today. What an incredibly blessed hour that we're living in. My goodness. I mean, you can just open your computer. You can turn on your, uh, open your phone, your tablet. You can go to various websites and just listen to the word of God. Amen. That word can be dramatized. That word can be powerful. Amen. That word can just soak and saturate in our heart. Praise God, the word of God that just keeps pouring. It just keeps rushing over our heart. We've got access, amen, to so much today. We are blessed. If we are starving to death, it's our own fault because we are living in the house of bread. You hear me? We are living in an hour of the house of bread. And so how, how could we be hungry in the house of bread? Psalms 56 and 5, David said, every day, there it is, that daily thing. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are evil, are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps. They watch my steps when they wait for my soul. They Shall they escape by iniquity? Thine anger cast down the people, O God. David is in a desperate situation. He's got an enemy that he is aware of that is after him Every day. It is a land mine that he is trying to navigate. I can't mess up. David literally had to watch him his step in Gath. Not only of what he did, but he said also, they're listening for my words. They want to try to tangle it up. They want to try to twist it up. They want to try to say that I said something that I did not say. Amen. They reason for this is that he was a man under suspicion and he was being watched. David was a man that had a target on his back, to say the least. And only the Lord could protect him. He said, God, I'm going to need you to guide. I'm going to need you to guide me. I'm going to need you to lead me. I'm going to need you to protect me because I've got an enemy that's trying to trip me up every day. Every day. This was not a, even a, necessarily a spiritual enemy, although I do believe there were spirits behind that, but this was a physical enemy. This was a real enemy that was after him with real swords and real, and real bows and real arrows and real, real, uh, real Real, uh, weaponry to try to take him down and so David chose Gath because he thought that would be the last place that Saul would expect to find him however when he made that choice he was walking by sight and not by faith he wasn't walking by faith he's walking where I think this is the most safe place for me to be but I'm going to tell you I believe that living by faith is not living by scheming living by faith is not living by planning living by faith is not hedging our bet and doing what we think we can pull off if God just happens not to show up amen David prayed that God would judge Israel's enemies in Psalms 56 8 and 9 the Bible says, Thou tellest my wonderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for 
God is with me. Amen. When I cry unto you, when I reach out to you, this is the one thing that I know. Amen. My enemies are going to turn back because God is with me. David reminded the Lord of his sufferings that he had to endure while in exile. And then he suggested that these sufferings qualified him to have his prayer answered. He said, Lord, I think I'm in a position for you to hear my cry. And he was also asking that God would defeat his enemies and their defeat would assure him that God was with him and not against him. God, he knew all about David's wanderings is how he puts it and he noted them. God knew every step that he took. Can I tell you today, God knows every step we take and he counts them. The scripture says that God had preserved his tears in a bottle. Amen, I'm telling you today that God keeps up. He knows the pain he knows the sorrow. He knows the hurt. He is able to weigh that. I'm not just trying to keep going back to what you're saying. If I keep mentioning, you're going to want a little bit of an offering today, so I'm just going to try to avoid some of that. Amen, but what a powerful statement. No doubt John was sitting behind those bars thinking, did he say anything about me? Did he say anything to me? He said, just go tell John what you see and hear. Amen, it would have been a wonderful opportunity to have a Hallmark card in your hand. It would have been a wonderful opportunity to read a long list of his accomplishments and say, without you we could not be here. But he was just trying to tell him, you're gonna have to trust me. And I believe there are times like David, we got to know that God, if he's keeping up my tears, amen, if God has my words written down, that's what his scripture says, amen, in the book of Malachi, if God has my words and my conversations recorded, and if God has my tears bottled up, and then he also says about them being on the scroll, amen, not only does the bottles, the tears in a bottle, but there's a note of those tears. I'm going to tell you that we're in good hands. David was saying, I just want to walk in the light. I want you to protect me and preserve me, not because I think I'm all of this. I want you to protect and preserve me, not because I think I'm the greatest man that ever lived, but God, I want you to protect my steps because I want to live for you. If you'll protect my feet, if you'll keep my feet from slipping, here's my commitment to you. I'm going to walk in the light. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, if God has given you breath, we ought to praise him with that breath. If God has given us the ability to clap our hands, amen, if we're gonna clap our hands over a golf game or a ball game, a basketball or football or baseball, if we're gonna clap our hands over a NASCAR race, I believe we ought to say, oh Lord, let me clap my hands in victory to you. Hallelujah. If Lord, if you'll just protect my steps, if you'll give me feet, amen, I'm not asking you you to, for feet so I can wander away from you. I'm not asking you to preserve my steps so I can walk away from you. David said, I'm asking you to preserve my steps so I can walk in the light. If God, if, hallelujah, oh Lord, if you'll just preserve my steps, you can count on me. I'm gonna be walking in the light. I'm gonna be walking in the light. I'm gonna stay true to your word. I'm gonna stay true to your spirit. You can count on me. You can count on me. Archaeologists have unearthed small tear bottles in which mourners collected their tears and then deposited those bottles at a gravesite. 
the point is this, that God is aware of what we feel when we suffer. He records, and I'm gonna tell you, God's records are accurate. He'll think, of, he, he's got stuff written down all of us have forgotten. He's got something written down that all of us have forgotten. And here we are in Psalms 56 and 10. David says, in God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. These verses, amen, I mentioned a moment ago in verses three and four. These verses repeat amen what he is saying in verses three and four. He said in God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust and I'm not going to be afraid of what man can do to me. And so just protect my steps Lord and if you'll protect my feet I'm not going to use them to wander away from you. I'm going to use them to walk closer to you. If you'll anoint my mind Lord I'm not trying to get more of this world's intellect. I I want to get more of your word in my heart. Oh God, if you'll open my eyes, amen, I'm not going to use those eyes to go see wondering. Amen, I'm going to make a covenant like Job with my eyes and I'm going to protect what comes into the gateway of my soul. Oh Lord, just touch my feet and I'll use them for your glory to walk in the light. Yes, I will. My, my, my. Verses 12 and 13, thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? That's our text. That I may walk before God in the light of the living. Great, David's greatest desire was not to be the king of all kings. His greatest desire was not to be the greatest man known with a slingshot. His greatest desire was not to be the greatest warrior mind or leader of an army. His greatest desire was to, to glorify the Lord. Just somehow keep a song in my heart. Keep my feet from slipping that I might walk in the light. He had vowed to serve the Lord and, and he meant to keep that vow. And he had vowed to present and offer thanks unto the Lord. He says, when my days of wandering are over. According to verse 13, God answered David, David's prayers because it says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death and my feet from falling, falling, that I may walk before the Lord in the light of the living. God had delivered David from death and, and delivered his feet from stumbling and enabled him to walk in a godly way and praise the Lord. The phrase, the phrase that is found in verse 13, the light of the living can also be translated in the light of life. The light of living can also be translated as light of life. And that phrase was used by John in chapter 8 and verse number 12 when Jesus said unto them, I am the light of the world. Amen, I am the light of the world. If you'll follow me, you won't be walking in darkness because I am the light of the world. David was saying, keep my light, my feet from falling so I can walk after you. Hallelujah, keep my feet from slipping so that I can walk after you. And so I believe that as we follow the Lord today and we walk in the fullness of life and we enjoy the glorious light of his presence, I believe that's what we've done here already in this service that we have enjoyed the Lord today and we've enjoyed the fullness of life and we have been able to stand in the reflection of his glory and power therefore I got to choose to walk in the light 
I need to be conscientious and intentional about that. Thomas A. Dorsey was the man who penned that beautiful song, Precious Lord. Thomas Dorsey seemed to realize that, that, that nightfall in our lives is inevitable. He wrote these words, Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Amen. Here's not a, there's not a man that's in denial that the sun every now and then is going to set in our life. He's not, he's not just trying to whistle his way through the cemetery. Amen. He is acknowledging that there's going to be some nightfall. But he said, oh Lord, through the storm and through the night, I'm asking you to lead me on because I understand one thing, that the sun may have gone down in my world, but right now as we speak, it's on its way up. It's coming again. It's coming again. Late, late last night, late last night, I stood outside. I was looking at the moon and outside of the light of that reflection in that moon it was a dark night it was darkness it was time to go to bed it was time to end the day it was time to wrap it all up but there was one thing that I was reminded of when I saw that moon and I saw the reflection in that light of that moon it reminds me that even though I can't see it there's a sun shining somewhere and that is a reminder that the sun is not gone it is not abolished it hasn't been set on the top shelf hallelujah that son is not locked up in a closet but with the second every ticking of the second hand it said just hang on I'm coming hallelujah just hang on I'm making my way if you can just keep on walking if you can just keep on pressing precious Lord lead me on through the storm through the night hallelujah why because I know with the dawning uh, uh, with the dawning the click of every second hand it's getting closer and closer and closer Hallelujah. And this morning I got back up about five o'clock and I was sitting in the den studying and you know what? Amen. True to his word, I began to see light break through. Amen. Just a few hours ago I was standing in the front lawn and it seemed dismal and it seemed hopeless but there was a promise. Oh son, I want you to set in the west but I want you to rise in the east. Oh yes, it happened this morning and it's gonna happen tonight and it's gonna happen in the morning. I'm gonna tell you if God will just preserve us. Amen. Then we make this commitment to him. I am going to be committed to walk in the light. I'll be committed to walk in the light. Praise God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name. Praise God. Oh, my, 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 my. Praise God. So even though nights are inevitable, we got to keep our eye, if we can keep our eye on daybreak, we can endure. I'll tell you, when you're sick, you just, I just, when I'm sick, I just hate to see night coming. Oh, goodness gracious. Because if you think I'm sick in the daytime, you just ought to see me at night. <laughs> got a, finally got an amen amen night represents evil hatred night represents corruption I was raised by parents said nothing good happening after 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and that's the truth. And and night represents disappointment. Night represents weight and stress and strain. And if you concentrate all your nights all the time, and if that's what consumes you just the night seasons of your life, you'll soon be in a state of shock. And I, I don't think it's arbitrary. I'm just going to meander here a moment, but I, I don't think it's arbitrary that our news is inundated with negative. I think there's a sinister purpose to stir as much insecurity as possible in the heart of Americans and around the world. And I'm not saying that we should be ill-informed, but I'm just gonna tell you that if you just sit on a steady diet of that, you're gonna be just raising your hand and asking, will they just stop and let you off? Just stop this world and let me just jump off. All around the world, humanity weeps over the nights that they must endure. And we all cope with nights in different ways, of course. Sadly, some, much of this has been mentioned, but sadly, some, apparently Brother Rayleigh and I were on the same wave this morning, I suppose, but suicide has, has become an alarming response for people who can't cope with their night seasons. I'm not just talking about darkness. Others attempt to drown their sorrows and deaden their nights with alcohol and drugs. And that's why, that's why even people, men and women, that, that have the wherewithal to get up and go to work, that's why in the afternoons and late evenings, that's why the bar rooms start filling up before the sun even goes down because they don't even want to go home because we're going to go here and drown our sorrows. But when they sober up, they find that the sun literally may be up, the literal sun may be up, but night is still hanging over my life. They try to cover up their, their nights with the balm of materialism. If we could just buy more, have more, and, and, and we'll just get this and we'll get that. But when the bills come in for all of those things that they couldn't afford, night swiftly returns. But now it's back with a vengeance. So what keeps us going Amen. We believe that if we'll turn our eyes away from the enemy, that I can make it through until morning comes. David wasn't in denial. There was an enemy. But he said, Lord, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. Psalms 121 and 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. Psalms 123 and 1 says, Unto thee lift up my eyes. Solomon said in Proverbs 18 and 10, when the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and is safe. And so when night, when night falls on the, the oppressed, the enemy gloats over that momentary victory, but when night, and when night falls on the oppressed, the enemy waits to swoop down like a vulture. That's what he's just waiting for us to stumble. But I'm gonna tell you, we need to pray, God, anoint my, my feet. Don't let them slip because I wanna walk in the light. Amen. I'm going to ask our musicians to come if they will. We can't fall prey to orchestrated nights of our adversary. And we have to stop dwelling on the edge of our nights and start searching for the light.
because something uh, significant happens if we try to camp out too close to the edge. I, I know I've shared this before, but many years ago I heard Brother J.H. Osborne share this story. Um, a little grandson through the night had a horrible habit of falling out of the bed. And uh, he'd fall out of the bed and then had to pick him up and get him all calmed back down. So one night, the grandfather put him to bed and after he slipped off to sleep, he uh, just got a chair and sat down. He's going to try to figure out what's happening. And so sure enough, the little boy was about to fall off the bed, but he called him. He called him and woke up and he said, I found out what you're doing wrong. He said, when you get in the bed, you need to roll over a few times. You're sleeping too close to the edge. <laughs> and that's what's wrong with some people when it comes to serving God. They just got in and they need to roll over a few more times. Amen. Get a little deeper into this thing. Amen. Cover up a little bit more. And that way, when they give yourself a little margin, give yourself a little margin. If something goes wrong, we're still going to be in the bed. We're still going to be safe. We're going to walk in the light. Amen. We've got to walk in the light. I'll ask you to stand, if you will. The scriptures record that those who waited on the Lord renewed their strength. David had to keep his eyes on the morning until he came to the throne himself. He did. Saul was after him. Philistines after him. But there was a day. There was a day. Joseph waited somewhere between 12 and 13 years serving the sentences for crimes he did not commit. But morning came. Morning came, elevated to the next highest position in Egypt under the Pharaoh. The Hebrew children waited through hundreds of years of captivity. It all seemed like despair, but Moses led them to their mourning. David waited through the nights of his oppression at the hand of a jealous king, but in time God did bring him where he promised he would. It seemed uh, unceremonious, standing in a field with his brothers. Again, it's been mentioned in recent services, anointed, then sent back to the shepherd's field. In truth, outside of a little oil, David went home much the same way he went to work that day. It was a promise, but nothing happened. But it would come. Just keep your eyes on the right thing. Job waded through night crisis after night crisis after night crisis until the Lord built a new hedge about him and blessed what the Bible says, the latter end <laughs> more than the former. Praise God. However, I think the best examples of nights turned to mornings is found in the life of Jesus Christ. He was arrested and began a long night of pain and suffering. Falsely accused, whipped, mocked, beat, spat on, abused, accused. His night continued through a painful reality of his execution on the cross. And then after that, a battle in hell with Satan himself. But in the morning, he reigned victorious. <laughs> Amen. There was a weeping on Calvary's night, but there was 
joy in the morning. Disappointment at Calvary's cross, but hope at that empty tomb. Matthew 5 and 14 says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 5 says, ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, I say to all of us today, let's walk in the light. What do you say? Let's just walk in the light. I know it's dark outside, but I'm gonna carry the light of God's truth with me. I'm gonna carry it wherever I go. Praise God. Can we magnify him in this house? In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.